Good evening, good evening, good evening. It's Victory Fist here, and uh, I'm here as always with Halitude. Uh Before I interject, which I am interjecting right now, yeah. what happens if this comes live during the day? Wouldn't it be a good evening then? Well, uh, we're setting the tone. Okay, well, good morning. Uh, I'm Halitude, <laughs> well, also known as Ryan. And today we are joined by a man of many talents. He's half Liger. Half... Wait, no, he's full Liger, but he's half Lion, half Tiger, full bloody Samoan. And that is also his name, but you can find him on many things. He's an artist, he's a wrestler, he's a stand-up guy, and also a world-renowned Tekken player. World-renowned, that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) World-renowned Tekken player now. This is why I don't do commentary or anything. It's... Like I said, bloody Samoan! Welcome. Yo, what's up? Thank you. It's a, it's, it's a bizarre world when the Samoan has better English than the white people. Yeah. <laughs> renowned, world the renowned. Is, <laughs> I've been running it through my head all day. I'm like, this is how I'm going to do it. And then I start off by half liger. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. good job. Just, good job. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, can you just restart then and uh, edit Yes, it I can. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not going to. So, <laughs> so yeah, basically, Macau, bloody Samoan, you're a jack of all trades. You yep. do a bit of everything, but you're very pop culture based, would you say? Because yeah. you've got the gaming and all that down? Yeah, no, pretty much it, my life is surrounded by doing everything I love, which is comic books, wrestling, and video games. You've mm. like monetized being a being a really cool nerd. Yeah. <laughs> which is I, uh, cool. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> I've monetized being a noober geek. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and even though I'm a jack of all trades, I'm. I've mastered most of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, I was going to uh, say, uh, uh, Jack of all trades is a little bit insulting. It's like saying someone's talented. Hallitude? No, he's skilled. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, because, uh, yeah, that's the thing. You you are really good at all these things as well. So your art uh, is featured with WWE. Yep. Um, I've seen comic books as well that you've done. Uh, I've worked with people that you've worked with in the past as well. Uh, Richard Fairgrave's a, oh, yes, yep. a good old friend of mine. Yep. Um, that's some of his art there. I was looking at that, I was looking at that brick and I was like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't pick, I didn't pick Richard's. No, different, that, different, yeah, different, different style, different style than um, usual. We made that for a short film. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, I just can't imagine having enough time to do all these things that you do. It's impressive. Yeah, no, it does, it, it does get pretty full on. Um, I don't have a schedule. Like yeah. people always ask me, how do you manage this? I don't have a schedule. I just kind of make shit happen, really. Um, I love everything I do. Like comics is my main love, but um, but yeah. But for somehow, for some reason, I've been able to fit in wrestling and video games as well. So what? Uh, yeah, you go. Oh, oh th- thank you, thank you. I am. I am. No, I was looking at my questions, going, oh, how do I lead into any of them? Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't even do the staple thing. We forgot oh. to ask him, how are you so awesome? What would you straight up say? How, why are you so awesome? How am I so awesome? Yeah. By being born Samoan. Oh, That's there it. we go. Yeah, I'm playing the race card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm so awesome because I'm Samoan. No, Sorry, guys. There's two. There's two types of people in this world, right? There are Samoans and oh. those who want to be. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, from some of the like family gatherings and feasts I've seen, uh, like fellow Samoan yeah. friends post, it's like, oh man. Well, this yeah. reminds me actually. Uh, Tim Provides asked me to give you the traditional uh, Samoan, Samoan uh, greeting of. Uh, he said. Kiffy. <laughs> I was I was expecting that. It's, uh, yes. I, if you if you come to enough of my matches, I will greet everyone in that Samoan. 
in, in my matches. Um, one of the weirdest moments is when I used to say it a lot as a heel, and it got to the point where everyone in the crowd were saying it with me. Oh, so, like, yeah. having like. Anyone a, know what it meant? Uh, some of them most yeah. people would know <laughs> but like i think they kind of laughed at the way I, I i used it oh yeah, yeah. so then like when when i hit someone and i slam someone down and i look around in the crowd the crowd know i'm gonna say it and then they chant it with you so having like 200 people going gaffer at the same time as you do is kind of hilarious <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, i've only ever heard it used in a fun context yeah i've never heard anyone use it in anger oh, i'm sure it gets yeah. used in well anger. you're you're white so. yeah yeah yeah. i'm white uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a, a somewhat dad, you know, yeah. <laughs> to yell at me. Um, now I'm just but, envisioning like, oh, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'm just no. envisioning like 200 white people after the show, like walking down the street, yeah, yeah chanting cafe, <laughs> so, walking yeah, past a group yeah. of people. So uh, Dan, Dan Mac, you know, yeah. uh, Dan McCullough, a uh, good friend of mine. He brings his daughter to the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, her favorite wrestler is Candy Lee. There was one time when I went cafe, and he cracks up. Then after the show, his daughter goes up to him and goes, Dad, what does Gaffer mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so he had to kind of like tell her not to ever use it at school uh, or else you get a hiding. Um, so, so for those yeah. that are unaware or haven't been into Tim's stream, would you like to enlighten the other listeners what Kefe? Well, I might have saying? it wrong. Oh, yeah, it's... I love you, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it kind of does. Like, <laughs> like, if the word, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you say love you, Yep. Same four letter word. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But it starts with F and ends in K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. uh, another four letter word. Yeah, and you can't say it. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, like. Well, we say fuck on this podcast I, quite often, so. Oh man, that one week where I just vented for a good like half. Oh, okay, that's cool. Swear. That's good to know that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Fine. I'm we, don't mature, we don't have the mature tag <laughs> on uh, iTunes. But, but, yeah. uh, but... No yeah. one's listening on iTunes anyway, yeah. so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, before we get into, like, what all the things are that you do, tell us a bit about, like, your yourself, like, your upbringing, or, like, how did you get into the things you were doing? Did you have a... Yeah, so, uh, I grew up, uh, born and raised on the main streets of Mangere. Yep. Uh, oh, that's what I was meant to use on your introduction, so... Yeah. This is why Stevie's the yeah. ring announcer. Yeah, so... Born and raised in South Auckland, very proud of that fact. Um, grew up loving comic books. My uncles had a collection of comic books, um, and I stumbled across them as a as a young kid who loved to draw, and I just got completely immersed in comic books. Um, it was even before I started school, so uh, so I fell in love with comics before school. And once I started school, I kind of threw myself into learning how to read as quickly as possible, yeah. so I could go home and read those comics. Yeah. Like I loved the artwork and I loved the characters. But I didn't know what those stories were saying, so um, so I threw myself into learning how to read as quickly as possible so I could read comic books. So comic books kind of fostered my love of reading, um, and as someone that loved to draw, naturally all I ever wanted to do was draw comic books as a mm. kid. So it's kind of crazy, I'm pretty surreal that that's my job, drawing comic books. Um, so yeah, so that's how I got into comics. How I got into wrestling. Um, the WWE, WWF back in the days in the 80s was on TV and all the kids loved it and I fell in love with pro wrestling because of comic books yeah. because what I was watching on TV every night, uh, every week was 
kind of real life superheroes. Yeah, you know, we didn't have Mar- yeah, we didn't have Marvel films back in the eighties. Mm. So like you know, wrestlers and these big muscly dudes, you know, um, and bright tights, you know, fighting each other, you know, good Over versus evil. Yeah, it was like it was like looking at um, looking at comic books, superheroes especially, and so that's how I found love uh, wrestling is through comic books. Mm. Um, and then several years later, I created a comic book. Um, which was kind of like a, a fictional autobiographical comic about what it'd be like if I was a professional wrestler. Yep. And that was the, the Kid Liger persona. And I remember thinking, it would actually be funny if I turned this character into a real-life mm. professional wrestler. So Impact Pro Wrestling had the tryout, and I remember Dan was at that tryout too. Um, and I remember just thinking, just give it a go. Yeah. How long ago was that? Just over 12 years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I remember just thinking, just give it a go. Um, even if I don't make it, at least I, sh- I tried. Yeah. You know, like because you know a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to give it a go, but then and they, they do, do they don't do anything. So I was like, uh, so like, sweet, I'm just gonna go over, give it a shot, and if nothing happens, then at least I tried. Um, I got in. Um, so yeah, so it's going crazy, and I've been wrestling ever since. Um, so yeah, so that's how I got into professional wrestling uh, through comic books. Everything I've pretty much done in my life was because of comic books. So that was pretty much the gateway. Like as soon as you saw those bright colors yeah. and outlandish characters, it yeah, was just much like, of man, Randy Savage. Like that, that was my favorite as a kid. So anything that kind of related to them in pop culture, you would be what like drawn to because it'd be like reminding you of. Comic yeah, books? Uh, yeah, no, pretty much the comic book influence. Like because um, you would say Tekken's colorful characters and backgrounds. Yeah, and all that. Uh, that was kind of more tied to wrestling. Oh. Tekken. So oh, with go. Tekken one. Um, but again, you know, wrestling was from comics. But yep. with Tekken One, I was a kid. I was at the arcade, and I remember just putting my coin in and picking this tiger, this tiger mask-looking dude, mm. um, and mashing the buttons away. Cause I don't know how to play. I just mashing the buttons, and I remember he did the suplex, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's he's a wrestler!" wrestler. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is the best character ever!" And so that's how I ended up um, playing King. He's got the best backstory and everything. He's yeah. got a lot of heart. He's a great character. Yeah. Did you know it's the second King that's yes. in the game now? Yes. Okay, I just chicken. Yeah. Just that. gonna drop some fact yeah. bombs in yeah, case yeah. you didn't know. Just chicken, that chicken. <laughs> um yeah. So and and the King backstory is based on the real life um Luchador, which is kind of the mm. Nacho Libre mm. story as well. The whole um He was like feeding orphans, the yeah, original yeah. king? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like yeah. a church or something. Yeah. And I'm that's remember. based on I think it's Alpha Mita, the luchador that the story's based on, mm. where he used to wrestle to feed orphans and, yeah. and so stuff. Cool. Yeah. And so Nacho Libre kinda of took a bit of those elements as well. It made it very silly. I still yeah. haven't seen that film. You still haven't no. seen it? What? I think that was came out around the time where I was <laughs> sick of Jack Black in films. Like I still oh. like Jack Black, but it was kind of like how I'm sick of. Will... I can't. This this blows my mind. <laughs> well, it's like Will Ferrell. Like Anchorman to me was the pinnacle. I never ended up watching Step Brothers or anything like that when they came out. <laughs> I'm, I'm a horrible. What? Fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get hate, no doubt. All right. Uh, okay, so we covered uh, how we get into drawings. Oh, actually, what I want to know is. Obviously, when you're a bit older and you learn more about the comic industry and that, did you have any idols or people you looked up to and you'd like, as soon as you'd see one of their works on the shelf, oh, you'd yeah. run out and grab? Yeah, no, as a kid, um, the the artists that I absolutely loved were the X-Men artists. Yeah. So, uh, Mark Silvestri, Jim Lee, um, who else? Walt Simonson. Um, you know, those guys, I absolutely loved their work and I looked up to it because that was... Mm. That was no, that was the shit back then. Like you know, those eighties, nineties X Men, um, mm. and like 
funnily enough, I've met all three of those guys. Oh, <laughs> I've met wow. Walt Simonson, I've met Mark Silvestri, I've met Jim Lee, and it's kind of crazy that I've been able to kind of um, do that in I my line of work. still remember how I got into comics. I remember, I can't remember if it was my stepmom or my mum. One of them took us to like a $2 shop, and on the bottom shelf there was like five comics for two bucks. Naturally, I'm like, oh, X-Men, because I'd seen the 90s. Yep. Cartoon. The original one with Gambit and Storm and all them. So I'm like, okay, I'll grab these. And one was like, oh, God, I'm trying to remember the name. One was like Operation Zero Tolerance. And then there was a couple other ones. There was, uh, what's the jungle guy's name? Sh- like, not Shira. Keza. Uh, Keza. Yep. It was one of those. So that was like my introduction to actual comics. Because that whole time growing up, my parents never got me comics or yep. anything. Like, I'd have to get them from a library or... Like, they'd have those big omnibuses that would have, yeah. like, the first ten issues of a comic series. And that's how I got introduced to comics, but it was because of the adaptations on TV, like Bat- uh, Batman the Animated Series, or X-Men, or Spider-Man the original animated series. That's how I found out about comics. <coughs> but kind of like the Nintendos, where I grew up in Whangarei, like, it was so hard to find anything like that until I moved, basically. And yeah. then there's books... Are uh, there shops of comic books for sale? What? Oh, <laughs> oh, shops full of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, I had it. I. We don't usually get flabbergasted like this. We usually do this earlier in the day. Um, a bit of background on what's happened with us for this week. We're just all really, really tired, right? I just said. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to remember what oh, what day was the like let's play live thing on that I was yeah. watching you, and then I was like, wait, that's, was that the same day as when Sam was? The question was going to go. So this is obviously usually a streaming podcast, and you're not technically a streamer, right? Nah, not not yet. Not yet, and that's why I was going to go with this because you've been involved in so many streams now that you've seen how to do it basically. Yeah. Um, you've been involved in probably some bigger productions than what uh, most people would be to start with. You've been, you've done the Omen stage twice. Yep. Um, we've both only done it once each. Whoa. That's, <laughs> that's twice as much as us. Probably the last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not um, coming back. You've, uh, you've doing, done LPL multiple times, right? Uh, no, that, no, that, that was the first time. Oh, okay. um, I was part of the LPL Tekken World Tour event last year. Yeah. But, um, but I didn't make it on stream or anything. Was that the but, one where you lost to Zazorb? Or was that the one that he was in a different side of the bracket? Because I remember you saying you've gone up against him, if I remember. Oh, uh, no, no, that wasn't at the Tekken World Tour. Oh, yeah. um, that was just like a uh, local... Yeah, no, yeah, like Zazob and I, we've played each other for years, so... Um, See, so yeah, that was just one of those things, you're like, oh, no, I got, got Zazob. But, um, yeah, uh, so the LPR Night Squad thing, that was really choice, and then the Evo stream. Um, I've also done a stream of the Seattle Tekken crew as well when I visited them in cool. March and stuff. So I've done some streams. Yeah. Um, but you haven't got, like, your own. Yeah, I don't have my own stream yet because the internet where I am at the moment is absolute shit. I'd say you'd have shit all uh, time for streaming as well, wouldn't you, with everything? Uh, or could you fit it in because you're I so could, used to it? Yeah, I could, I, could, I could easily, I could figure out a way to fit it in. It's just a matter of, like, figuring out what you might I could create. Schi- you might not have a schedule. It might yeah. just be when you're just practicing your ticket yeah. or whatever. But that's really... I was, well, I was thinking, like, because most people do, like, ticket Tuesdays or ticket Thursday, right? Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. Uh, if I'm going to stream, I'm going to do Mask Up Mondays and I'm going to wear my mask and play ticket yeah, on man. fucking Monday. Yeah. Um, because then no one else will be playing on Monday. <laughs> um, or whatever, you know, like, just using those gimmicks, using, um, I guess, my experience with uh, crowd interaction people. Yeah. Um, to figure out ways to gimmick my my stream. That reminds me, did the the IPW stream did that get cancelled? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, got it's been postponed because uh, okay. the 
the venue we were gonna do it at uh got double booked and now we're looking at maybe pushing it a little bit later and tying it into mitchell's wrestlemania oh, for oh, 35 cool. so yeah so we're gonna change the charity to that okay uh for mitchell rather than for kids, kids can kids i think can. it was yeah, yeah yeah but it got postponed um because of the venue on um, on that topic, Henry did hit me up saying that he wants to do a charity stream as well at some point for uh, suicide awareness. Oh, suicide awareness. And he's got in one of our dear friends on board, Serena. Okay. And he's hit me up about it. And we're going to talk about it on the 25th of September. Don't know where it's going to go. But I said if he has any ideas that he wants to yeah, put man. thought in, if we can help anyway. But the whole Mitchell idea is awesome <coughs> as yeah, well. Because yeah. we've been plugging out for the past few weeks. Because yeah. <laughs> obviously Mitchell's a dear friend of mine as well loyal fan and I was going to mention that in the newsletter but yeah it's past like 5k yeah I can't remember really the exact amount but I it's think, I think, I think uh, yeah because you're pushing for 50 I think yeah and so it's at 10% of the way and there's still plenty of time to go so yeah because I think I think it ends in November December it's like a yeah, long yeah, way yeah, away. yeah 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 it's still plenty of time for so it so if, if any of you guys that have been listening I know there's been a few that have asked me questions about it if you don't have the money right now just simply like retweeting or mentioning it is good but like we just said, we've got till December, so there's plenty of time to chip in. Like even if it's just like five dollars or something, anything yeah. means the world to all of our communities. Uh, going back to the comic book stuff, um, you've worked with a lot of people with both Headlocked and the WWE comic itself. Uh, how did I word this? Sorry, I'm a professional here. Uh, is uh, what I'm gonna try to figure out how, which way to approach this. You've worked with quite a lot of legends. Is there some that you look forward to eventually working with, like you'd love to work with? And who are your favourites that you've worked with so far? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Like this latest Headlocked, which I'm working on, albeit slowly, mm. uh, I'm working on the current volume with, um, I'll be illustrating a story written by Ric Flair. Oh, wow. Oh, there you go, wow. there you go, Tim. So, uh, yeah, Mick Foley's writing a story, which my friend Joe will be illustrating uh kenny omega's writing a story uh cody's writing a story as well as pentagon jr i think that's still going ahead not sure what the status is of that but like snatches them up yeah but it's just like with that headlock lineup it's like man how are we gonna up our game from that for the next (laughs) you know um to fill people in oh my voice what's (laughs) that Okay. Wow. Well, welcome to puberty, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. uh, to fill people in, what is Headlocked? So Headlocked is a graphic novel series which I illustrate. It's based on a um, a college dropout, uh, theater major, who drops out of college after watching some wrestling and kind of falls in love with the performance aspect of it mm. and thinks that he, can, he has what it takes to be a professional wrestler. So he drops out of college and follows that dream, um, but he's a bit of a dick. Um, you know, he's he's one of those smarks on the internet who feels like they know everything. So he goes in to the wrestling business going, Oh yeah, this is how it is, is it and he finds out firsthand that it's not as easy as you mm. think it is. And there's a lot of dodgy people in the business and whatnot. And so um so people who read the graphic novel kinda get to follow his journey but also get to learn a bit about the art of professional wrestling. And because of the respect that we give pro wrestling in the book we've managed to garner a lot of professional wrestlers support mm. for our project as i said you know this current book that i'm working on I've got mcfoley rick flair kenny omega cody rhodes and pentagon jr yeah the last book we had your fair ones have had uh rob van dam yep, rob frankie, van dam frankie kazarian frankie Christopher Kazir- daniels yep. the hurricane leader yep. like there yeah, aj styles yep you know um Whoa. samuel joe 
the Young Bucks, you know, stuff like They're that. They're starless and insane. Yeah. Like, well, Drew, yeah. the King, Drew the King Lawler does the covers to the graphic novel. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, so I'll have to show because I actually have three of them in PDF form because I helped back one of their Kickstarters. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I don't have any of the physical copies. I do want to get some eventually because I'm more of a physical copy guy. But I think... When did I first meet you? Like two years ago at Armageddon and you were doing commissions and you also had your headlock yeah. co- first like issues for sale and then it's like featuring stories from blah blah blah. I'm like, what? How, how, how does a New Zealander get them to chip? <laughs> yeah. So when they contribute stories, do they add like characters for the books or Some, how does that work? Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, we used kind of proxy characters. Yeah. They're like, um, they're already established in the universe headlock universe sometimes we make up new ones like roadie um, codes nah we, we <laughs> we're not that dumb uh, <laughs> but like we had like with Samoa Joe like um, the story I illustrated that he wrote we introduced a Samoan wrestler character to yep. the universe and that was a lot of fun to do um, and it was kind of great to kind of work with Joe on that um, and because of that story I did with Joe He's the one that him and Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked, those two recommended me for the WWE Samoa Joe oh, story. Oh, cool! So that's how I got that's how I got got that job. Was uh. that Joe and Mike put my name forward? Boom Studios hit me up and said, "Hey, here's the script. Uh, can you do a couple of pages? We'll see if you're right for the project." I was actually it was, it was this time last year. I got the I got the email because I was in Brisbane for Oz Comic Con when I got mm. the email. And I get an email going, can you do a couple of pages and we'll see if you're right. So I was like, screw it. I don't care if I'm at this convention, I'm doing these pages. So I did a couple of pages super quick uh, and fairly, I, I felt good enough for, yeah. uh, for the time and they loved it. And so they wanted me to do the rest. And then, um, so yeah, so that was kind of crazy. Um, again, the headlock stuff kind of what put, you know, got my foot in the door with the WWE comic stuff. Without getting you in trouble, do you ever prefer like comic publisher like there's burn there's like dark horse and all that do you oh, well let, the, the, let's change around is there any that you like will always go out of your way to kind of like get a hold on or are you a bit of everything yeah now that i'm older um the story is what matters a lot more yeah um you know a lot of my uh, a lot of the artists i love as well like uh i'll follow but um for me it's just a wide variety of stuff i don't read as much as i used to mm. which kind of sucks because i'm too busy making comics to read comics um regularly but um but yeah it's this there's just a huge diverse range of comic book stories available now um like image you know they've been you know, making some great stories um which are totally out there for the comic medium but it just shows what's possible with the comic medium mm. um you know the marvel stuff i read more dc i don't read as much as i used to uh, i kind of fell off the bandwagon there but uh marvel marvel comics i usually pick up um jason aaron's thor some of my favorite stuff mm. um scotty young's i hate fairyland um from image i absolutely love that um but yeah it's few and far between um i i loved invincible it's finished now it's like ah oh, it sucks but they're not least on amazing spider-man so i'm reading yep. amazing spider-man because hey. of Ryan Notley's work um so yeah so yeah there's a lot of stuff that um that i used to read but not so much anymore so going back uh to fill people in he Mikhail does how many have you done like two for wwe common three I've done three. three yep, and there's a fourth one coming out in January. Official WWE comics. Yes. Like, he's been a part of them. His name is on the cover of these yep. official WWE. Like, a lot of us dream to work for WWE, like wrestling fans. Yep. And this guy 
can technically say yes, even if yeah. you're not not in the ring, you're still yeah. I technically work for WWE, product. which is kind of crazy. Like I say that, and uh, I kind of laugh. Like I can't believe I can actually say that. Um, and you'd rather be doing comics than wrestling, though, yeah. right? Yeah. So no, because comics is my yeah. Comics is my yeah. Comics comic is my first love. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's like a full circle, really. Yeah. yeah. So Start I get to comics. I get to draw comics based on WWE characters and the universe, and and sometimes I get to draw some of my favorite wrestlers, yeah. uh, which is even better. Like the Samoa Joe story, I had so much fun illustrating because Joe's one of my favorites, um, and I love. I always, I've always loved his work. Like the way we wrestle is very similar. Um, Hard hitting suplex yeah. machines, basically. Yeah, and and yeah, that Samoan Smash Mouth style, yeah. where it's just like, you know. Uh, you know, we take no prisoners we just kind of smash people um but then like uh, I, I did the Miz and John Cena story in the Wrestlemania special I did a Stone Cold Steve Austin story in the Attitude Era special so that was fun during Stone Cold and in January I think it may be the Forever special WWE Forever um I illustrated a Bret Hart story written by Mike Kingston and oh, wow. I got to draw Bret Hart all the legends yeah, yeah. I got to draw Bret Hart and like in this one story I got to draw so many I got to draw Bret Hart uh, Macho Man, Big John Studd, Jake the Snake, oh. Roddy Piper, Mr. Perfect, you know, Jim the Anvil, Iron Sheik, you know, uh, Dave, Davey Boy Smith, so and Shawn Michaels and stuff like Jimmy Hart. I'm just like, oh, uh, Ted DiBiase, Undertaker, Ric Flair, like all in one story. I'm just like, this is Holy the best. Crap. Was there a moment um, where you're like drawing them going, I'm actually doing this. Like, I'm drawing my legend. Or were you just like, yeah, yeah about time I got to do this. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like, 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 I kind of crack up when I'm drawing. I'm like, man, this is cool. But, like, I don't, like, kind of go, oh, my God, I'm drawing this stuff. It's like, man, this is cool that this is my job. It must like, be I'm... so surreal, like, because I remember you, the Instagram post, a video of those comics actually arriving at your work and yeah. you're opening for the first... How was that? F- opening that box and seeing your name on yeah. the cover of a comic book. That was that first that first WWE issue thirteen with the Star Wars Joe story. Yeah. That one, um, I remember it was different. It was different than my other work because this the WWE brand is a world recognized brand, yeah. right? So pretty much every com like essentially every comic book store in the world will have at least one copy of this book on their shelves. Like that's the, re- that's, right yeah, that's the reach of that WWE brand. Um, it may not be like a huge comic success, but like the brand itself, people will be like, oh, we'll at least get one because we know mm. at least one WWE fan in our customer mm. base. Um, so that was surreal to, to kind of realize that. But then when I opened up that package and I saw my last name there, especially Molipola, which is a, you know, as someone, a last name as you can get, um, that was crazy because I didn't expect to get slightly emotional seeing that yeah because when i saw that last name there i thought about my grandparents and how they sacrificed um their life in samoa for a better life here in new zealand Mm. and all the sacrifices all the hard work that they did um to provide a life for me and my my family and whatnot kind of is what put me in that position to kind of honor them by having that last name on the cover of a, a magazine that's around the world so yeah so that was kind of crazy i remember oh. that just going <laughs> yeah, just going oh my god like yeah <laughs> like i just didn't i didn't ex- i didn't expect it yeah. like it was just one of those things where i saw it and i was just like i, I just kind of reflected because my, both my grandparents are, uh have passed away so it was just one of those things where i was like i feel proud that i got to represent them yeah you know through my last name so yeah and then someone uh, the someone culture you know your name 
carries a lot of weight. Yeah. It carries generations of family. So yeah, so that was one of those things that was uh, very surprising. Oh wow, that was a lot to take in. <laughs> I was like, this will be a basic yeah. question, and then, woo, yeah, uh, nah, yeah, it's uh. Well, with that story, then, what advice would you give uh, people thinking about get trying to get into comics or the drawing RT side? Like, if, if, whether they're being younger or older. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more life advice than just art. Yeah. Anything you do, um, my mantra, like, and it's for everything, yeah. broad spectrum, my mantra is do the work and don't be a dick. That's it. That's all you really need to succeed. Mm. You, As in don't put yeah. up a fast, just stick to it. And don't yeah. You, do you, yeah. Like, if to get better drawing to get better at wrestling to get better at video games you got to put in the work yeah and not there's, make excuses yeah, there's, there's no magic trick there's no no secret uh to doing it to getting better at that you just got to put got in to the work it. yeah um and it's it's hard like it's a grind it's uh it's a lot of um self-reflection a lot of perseverance a lot of determination to really drive through when sometimes you don't feel like drawing mm. Um, or doing whatever it is that you love to do but you got to push through that and get outside of your comfort zone to push those boundaries yeah. of what it is you can do and achieve and so yeah so um yeah the most exciting times like the most exciting space is just beyond your comfort zone oh hell yeah you know the unknown you know you just like if i go just beyond that who knows what would be waiting there for me yeah. well mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're doing with what we're doing right yep. now so the, the whole idea of the podcast was we want to do this but yep. we just hadn't done it and we didn't know what we we're going to do with it didn't know who we we're going to have on didn't know how people would react yeah, yeah and you just put yourself out there and do it same and that's that's all streaming is yeah is putting yourself out of your mm-hmm. comfort zone in a big way yes yeah. it's yeah you're sitting yeah. there doing what you do normally on a on an evening just playing a game or whatever but you're yep. putting yourself in front of technically an infinite number of people yep. um, well, it's just but like it might me, only be one person just like me that. going to the South Island I was petrified oh, of flying yeah, but I was like well I've got to try it now like yeah. no, right up to getting on the plane I'm like oh, I should go back I should go back I don't want to hop on then I'm in the air I'm like what the hell was I complaining yeah, about <laughs> go down experience that wrestling event come back on the plane and it's like I want to go to another one I want to go to, I want to, go to like Australia yeah. or Japan like wh- why am yeah. I why am I, yeah. why have I been scared for like 30 years um, we'll move on from the comic books in just a second but there's two more things I want to know <laughs> one is um, your favourite moment that you've experienced while being a comic book artist would it be the people you've met the places you've been to bit of both I guess a bit of both um because you've flown around the world, basically, oh, this, right? This year's been crazy. Uh, no, pretty much Australia and, and America. Um, you know, Japan's on the cards, as well as Europe. You know, those are definitely places I want to check out. Um, hopefully, my expenses will be paid. If, uh, you know, get, <laughs> get successful enough that people... I've been told, like, because uh, Dubai and that, the United Arab Emirates are huge wrestling fans. All right. And I've got friends who, based in Australia, who get flown to the Dubai comic-con and he's like dude you should have these guys up they might be able to fly you over you do wwe comics they are wwe mad there so yep. like in the, maybe you can you know, so that could be something that i, I awesome. might explore um but i don't know um just being able to work on comics like that's mm. as a job is is 
the like the reward unto itself like everything else is just extra you know um every every day i get to do what i love as a career that's and then the whatever else happens after that yeah like the icing on top basically. yeah exactly it's like you know all i want to do is draw comics now um if people were after your artwork obviously they can meet you at ipw events yep. or uh armageddon, armageddon yep is coming up. Mikael usually always has a table there. You're usually with Arkham City Comics. Um, the last last year and yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year and this year, yeah, we're yeah. Uh, I'm usually part with the international comic guests. Yeah. So um, so I'm kind of glad Bill's put me there. Will you be uh, doing um commissions again this year? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm about to open up my commission list for Oz Comic Con. Yep. Because that's that's in two weeks' time. Brisbane, oh. um, <laughs> sounds like you. <laughs> um, and then probably after that, I'll see how I'm placed. I'll probably open up my commission list maybe a couple of weeks before um, Armageddon. So yeah. And what about the website? Because I know you can buy stuff of yours online yeah. as well, right? Yeah, you can buy uh, my WWE comics, my Headlock comics. I also illustrate the Salmon Heroes, Tongan Heroes, Cook Island Heroes books, as well as the Peter Maivia kids book that just got released got art prints got some of my t-shirts my, my um, walls are literally filled with his artwork i think the yeah. only one i don't have right now is elias but i have yeah. every other one so yeah so it's pretty it's pretty simple to find me it's uh you just google bloody someone and you'll find me so my website's www.bloodysalmon.com my, Insta- my instagram's bloody someone art my twitter handle's bloody someone my psn's bloody someone my twitch is bloody someone i've actually got a channel i've got nothing on it um <laughs> but yeah like you know pretty much any you just google bloody someone you'll find me um basically me as well how true do you find me everywhere yeah. but i've got nothing for sale um, <laughs> so yeah so that's my brand it's kind of nice to have a brand because you know it's much easier for people to remember bloody someone than Mikhail Moripola you know so um, and you get to put BS artist on things, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, I know. I remember, I, I remember, I remember a friend of mine how that came about. A friend of mine, I was, I was looking at doing some t-shirts. A friend of mine goes, "Oh, have you ever thought about showing it to BS, not knowing ex- exactly what he just said?" And because of the way my my humor is, I looked at him and I went, "Dude, that's totally awesome." And he's like, "What do you mean, BS?" I am a BS artist. And he was like, oh, he clicked. He clicked. Like, when I said, and I said, yeah. I was like, and that's kind of my sense of humor. And I said, like, all my artwork is 100% certified turtle BS. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of words. You know, as someone that loves reading. Yeah. So, uh, so wordplay is uh, definitely something I love to do, um, especially with promos and that with wrestling and whatnot you know i try and um like if you if you if you see samuel joe when he speaks he speaks very eloquently very and he's very yeah. smart um you know samuel joe's a huge comic book fan right mm-hmm. and i tell people i was like with comic books or like with a lot of the wrestlers who are very smart and very articulate a lot of them read a lot either it's books or comic books mm-hmm. yeah. but you got Samuel Joe you got like CM Punk AJ Styles yeah, is just, a big gamer yeah. slash comic fan Christopher, yeah. Christopher Daniels Christopher well. Daniels is freaking awesome yep. like, he's my favourite like Chris a lot of people crazy. know Christopher Daniels because yeah. he's mainly been a TNA slash Impact and a Ring of Honor guy yeah. but he's been in the business as long as AJ Samoa yeah. Joe he just hasn't had the WWE exposure but he's just as good as he's, those boys he's definitely one of the best in Weirdly enough, he's a good friend of mine. And he versed um, Stephen Amell at All In. Oh, right, yeah. right. That's, yeah, and it was a really yeah. good match. Yeah. Holy cow. He's a Marvel guy too, so that was hilarious having the Hawkeye knee pad cover. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, Chris, is, Chris is a stand-up guy. And 
um, and one of the best wrestlers in the world. And so he's a huge fan of comics. And when you see him speak, um, you're just like, man, this doesn't feel like what a wrestler, how a wrestler you know, should speak. You know? And a lot of these guys are comic book fans because they've kind of expanded their horizons beyond the pro wrestling scope. Oh, speaking, speaking of wrestling yeah. let's move into the rest this is going to be a great podcast because we're going to get so much information about so many different things <laughs> uh, about wrestling who are your inspirations and role models there if I remember Great Muda is one of them yeah the Great Muda is my all time favourite pro wrestler see look at this um, I got to meet him a couple of years ago at WrestleCon you've met him as well yeah, I met him. <laughs> yeah my, my two my two bucket list um, people that I wanted to meet in my life that um, cover comics and wrestling Stan Lee and Great Muda yeah, I've crossed those off. How so, uh, was meeting your heroes? Uh, did did it have that whole never meet your heroes vibe, or did it to- no. totally lived up to it? And it was oh, like, it, was, awesome. it was it was just kind of cool just to kind of meet them and stuff. Oh, like, that's good. With the Great Muda, <laughs> um, I had this little sketchbook and I did all these sketches of wrestlers, and so I had a Great Muda sketch, and I got him to sign that. And, oh wow! Um, and he looked at it and he was like, oh very good very good <laughs> he like brought in his like translator stuff to like, look at this look, look at the artwork and stuff so that was cool and then when we went to take the photo put the mask on he looked at me and goes very good mask very good mask <laughs> I was like thank you thank you so um, yeah so it was kind of crazy like uh, those little like it wasn't that long an interaction yeah. but I don't know it was just one of those things where you're like he was cool he loved my artwork he loved my mask like and then that was all I could really ask for it took a cool photo and stuff um, and whatnot and then I, I when I met Stanley a few years ago in Australia got a photo of him with my mask and stuff so um, so yeah so it's kind of crazy but yeah, the great Muda, number one, my all-time favorite wrestler. Uh, also up there is Jushin Thunder Liger, yes. of course. Still you know, going strong yep. today as well. So yeah, you know, like that's where I kind of co-opted the Liger name. Yep. So Kid Liger, the original inter- uh, iteration of of my wrestling character was Dynamite Kid and Jushin Thunder Liger, kind of mashed together, Kid and Li- Kid Liger. Um, so yeah, so Jushin Thunder Liger is definitely one of my favorites as well. Um, so Tiger Mask. Uh, any kind of Tiger Mask mm. definitely uh, Tiger Mask 2 Mitahadu Misawa which is another one of my favourites Misawa's a legend yeah. like I'm probably um, going to say that about everyone he lists yeah. but Misawa but, especially yeah. as well my, finish, my finishing hold the cape killer is the Saito Suplex the move that killed Misawa uh, <laughs> um, in the ring so yeah so the unofficial name for the cape killer is the Misawa killer um, so yeah so <laughs> it's weird that like that's how I pay tribute to him by performing the move that you know, that he died in the ring with. Um, Just a stress that uh, wrestling can cause serious injuries. Oh, yeah. Especially in New Japan this year, they've had quite a string of them. They had, well, I think it was last year as well, Honma had a neck, neck Honma injury. Honma and then Shibata. And Har- Haru, yeah, Haru, my yeah. favourite recently. I don't trust any of them anymore, though, because yeah. last time I saw a ring injury, <laughs> it was fake! Yeah. <laughs> no, Brilliantly um, fake. One thing about the wrestling community is, despite how smarky and arrogant and cocky they can be, if someone gets injured, they're fully supportive oh, of yeah. that person. They don't care if yeah. they like the person or not. Yeah. It's always like, holy shit, well, I hope this isn't the yeah. end of the career. That's the one time you can tell when an injury is definitely fake is when a wrestler gets injured and the other wrestlers hassle them. You know it's oh, fake then yeah. because it's like, it's usually heels hassling a face or something about having a broken leg and then you're like, wait, no, it's not real because these guys wouldn't yep. actually be dicks about that unless they're <laughs> actually dicks yeah. which there are a few of but yeah. yeah there are yeah um so yeah so those those definitely japanese um wrestlers and characters 
Um, Macho Man Randy Savage was up there. Um, He was my favorite as a kid growing up. He was my top three as well. I think I had him, Jake, and Bret Hart were like my top three of all, like my top five of all time. Yeah. And uh, I don't care. Chris Benoit. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things about like respecting the art, but not necessarily the artist. Well, and but then you could also say that there were really unfortunate circumstances that led him to do what he did, and you can't really. I think think we shouldn't ignore those circumstances. Mm. They are concerns that everyone should should keep in mind. Yes, drama that surrounds stuff, and you bring up Chris Benoit online though. There's always two sides though. It's never there's never anyone in the middle of the whole situation. It's always either I love Chris Benoit. The wrestler, blah 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 blah. I hate him. He should never yeah. be credited. Well, like I love, I love his in ring work and I love his intensity. But I hate the motherfucking person. Yes, that that's basically how I feel. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like it's just like, you know, that was really cool, but that situation. He still killed his family. It's just like, you know. <laughs> to a lesser uh, extent, I feel the same way about like Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels because yeah. behind the scenes they were absolute pricks. The shit that they did and did to like other people and I hope they don't hear this and Hulk Hogan with his whole hey, oh, he's litigious man oh, be careful he took yeah. down Gorka Media well no friggin <laughs> Bo the Love Sponge being an idiot took down Gorka Media <laughs> so yeah um, so yeah those kind of guys um, yeah I, I do like that um, Japanese you know, strong style you know I, uh, kind of stuff have we touched on this in the previous podcast have I quickly explained what the Japanese style yeah. is basically the, to anyone that hasn't listened before Japanese style is very opposite to American it's more about how much damage you deal and take more than the theatrics like the theatrics are still apart but from a viewer standpoint you might have a different yeah. opinion I'm interested in this in America it's all about the theatrics and the drama while the physicality is a lot less meanwhile in Japan the physicality and the amount that you can deal to someone is respected more than how good you are as an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Like, you know, the with the Japanese audience, the drama is built through how much punishment you can take mm. and endure. Mm. You know, the fighting spirit. They're very much about that. You know, constantly getting back up on your feet after getting knocked down. You know, they love seeing that struggle and that, that, that battle. Um, and they they, they treat it more like a sport yeah. than you know than sports entertainment, you know. Um, and so they're very kind. Of, they're the mure in terms of um, audience reaction. Like they're not like hooping and hollering. They're like mm. you know clapping and like oh you know you hear it a little bit, but then they'll be mainly clapping and applauding for for good technical wrestling or yep. or just. Um, good stuff strikes and they're stuff they're not trying to get themselves over like those American crowds yeah uh, or like those or like those gaijin wrestlers you know, the Americans in Japan um, like you could definitely see the difference between that like one of the things I loved about the great Muda he trained in Japan then he had his excursion in America mm. and then he came back to Japan and he brought that hybrid style which was the best of both worlds where he had that great Muda character he had the theatrics of America but then wrestled Japanese style. And so that's one of the things I love about The Great Muda. That's why The Great Muda is so influential to a lot of wrestlers mm. because he was able to create this hybrid style which had the theatrics, but then also had the emotion of Japanese style. Um, and so um, myself and Alfred Valentine, we, you know, The Great Muda is our favorite, you know, because we absolutely love everything he does. Like if you watch him, there's a certain way he moves, like he lets things breathe. And he'll kind of have like the stalking kind of tendency, and then he'll offset that with like really s- snappy movements. 
and then slot back down again mm. and so everything he does you're just watching because you're kind of drawn to like waiting for that yeah, strike yeah he's <laughs> yeah. just like, you know, like what's he gonna do and stuff and like yeah um so you yeah. could save like muda doing the excursion coming back was a very good um uh it set the example of like when naito went over like naito one yeah. of the most popular guys in the world right now uh, was very bland. They tried to push him as a generic baby yeah. face in Japan. Didn't work. They sent him off to Mexico. He teams up with a bunch of Mexicans who are pretty much fuck the establishment, yeah. very lazy, don't give a shit. Comes back to Japan, instantly the most popular character probably on the roster Yeah. from a simple excursion. Same with Hiromu. He was pretty bland, young line, went on his excursion to Japan, came back a crazy motherfucker that well, I guess it kind of came back and caught up with him, but yeah. he was jumping off top ropes and everything. So the excursion thing staying with Muda has pretty much paved the way for the Japanese wrestling today. Yeah. Now, speaking of paving the way, why did it take you about 13 years, 12 years to become IPW heavyweight champion? I know. You had to talk to IPW <laughs> management about that one. <laughs> I don't know. And well, the, and the, to Ben about that. In the 12 and a half years I've been in Impact Pro Wrestling... <clears throat> I've only had four opportunities at that title. And, uh, yeah. And I've been one of the, I guess, I would say one of the most consistent performers. Yeah. If I'm not in Auckland or uh, if I'm, yeah, if I'm out of Auckland or out of the country, um, those are the only times I haven't wrestled for IPW. Yeah. Uh, ever since I started, I've been wrestling every single show. Oh, because I'm sort of an outsider in that community in terms of being involved and actually going to events and yep. stuff. But you were easily the most recognisable for years before I actually went to proper events. Like, I, I knew who your character was and all that sort of thing without paying that much attention to the, yep. to the brand. Um, I couldn't say that about pretty much any other wrestler, which is... So, yeah, you're right. Yep. You've been you've been a star yeah. there. It's been great. Yeah, yeah so it was one just one of those things... Yeah, one of the stable ones. And, like, I've never... I've never kind of gone out of my way to be a main eventer. I guess that maybe that worked against well, me. Well, you got the but, main event next yeah, weekend. But like, um, but it was just one of those things where, like, after all this time, I was like, I've got this eliminated contract. Like, this is my best opportunity um, to become champion for yeah. the first time. And I know I told everyone that I was going to be, I was going to cash it in in September. Fair, fair and square. Yeah, fair and square. Like, and then become champion in my hometown for the first time. But uh, as I was, as I was, well, that's the thing, right? I uh, can't figure out if you're a heel or a face, right? Yeah. Well, you walk the line. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, like, because uh, I was thinking about this when I was in the states. I was like, okay, what can I do with this contract? How can I make this contract work for me the best? And um, and yeah, and I do walk the line. Uh, Liger does um, because. Liger just does Liger things. Yeah, yeah, I've it's, seen him. I've so seen good. him. I've seen him beat up the young nats and then beat up Falcon Kid. Yeah, yeah. As well. well, that's the one that says uh, I just want to beat people up. That's yeah. <laughs> like, 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 give me a good guy, give me a bad guy. I always, yeah. I'll beat them up. That's yeah. that's all I want to do. Just beat people up. <laughs> Michael Richards, <laughs> yeah. Falcon Kid. Yeah, and so yeah, matter. it was just one of those things where it's just like, you know, people will be like, "What a bastard," but then when they think about it, they'll be like. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, like it, like it does <laughs> shitty stuff like that. Every now and then, to be so. fair though, like cashing in the way you did on Liam Ferry yeah. against Toa, like he had to cash in on. It was so much if fun. I, if yeah. I had to keep kayfabe alive, there was a good chance Liam could have held that belt 
forever unless yeah. someone stepped up yeah. or snuck in and yeah. you know well, so, showed him who the boss was like what's like gonna do wait until liam loses the belt what happens if liam never lost yeah. the belt like wouldn't yeah. oh well, he's my best friend yeah. no screw that title's sometimes well, more important again I, i'm sitting I'm, I'm away in america and i'm thinking about what i can do and thinking about the manga of the show and i realized with tor henry versus liam fury there's gonna be a lot of eyes watching that match oh yeah, yeah. and i thought what would be the best moment to just ruin the party is when there's a lot of people watching. Yep. And so that's when I that's when I came up with the idea of and here's the thing. I'm wearing my I'm too old for the shit t shirt that I wear to the ring, which yep. I designed. I've been wrestling for twelve and a half years. Again, I'm a stalwart in IPW. I've been there for fucking forever. And I keep telling people I'm too old for the shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I'm thinking and I've never suffered a serious injury like in that in that time. I've suffered plenty of injuries, but yeah. nothing too serious. So I'm yeah. like, now would be a great time to bust out the injury card because I've been doing this for long enough. I've been telling people I'm too old for this shit. It's almost kind of like that, so I, that ironic stuff, you know? Like, like he is uh, too old for this shit. Like, I'm injured. And they're like, oh shit, yeah, he has been wrestling for a long time. Like, people be like, he's been wrestling for a long time. He is old, too old for this shit. Oh shit, he's actually injured. <laughs> and so and guilty. The, Everyone yeah, guilty. sold it yeah. so hard, man. Like, not because you're old. I yeah. just no. legitimately thought it was the way injury. they pulled you off the rank. Yeah. Everything it was that's, sold. It, well, that's that's what you get with twelve years of experience. Yeah, <laughs> and with, with twelve years of experience of manipulate like, manipulating people's emotions for yep. twelve years, <laughs> and so and so, I I have I knew how to tap into people's feelings and stuff and I knew that especially the way people have been um kind of cheering for Liger like in the last year or so like I didn't change like I was beating people up and then people just went from booing me to cheering me I'm just like generally how it happens yeah I'm just like I'm like you fucking idiots but (laughs) um so I'm just like, okay, then, cool. Yeah, I'll ride with this. But don't be surprised when they go, fuck yeah. you. It's <laughs> um, like what Liam said. He said, like, I can't blame him because I cashed in and cost someone their title match. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, the, the one that walks away with the belt is the one that's made the bigger impact, if you think about it. Like, Liam yeah. and Ho- Toa put their bodies on the line, but Mikael was the yeah. smart one that was like, I'm just yeah. messed up. That, I mean, yeah. that was a great match, but, but your moment in it was the icing so, on the yeah, cake solidified that entire yeah. event basically yeah the, we, we talked about it the day after with Liam yep. um, on this podcast and we couldn't stop raving about it We were, I didn't sleep that night I was so jazzed after watching he's not even stuff. kidding like, I did, I, he would not shut up about yeah. it I, it was the first proper event I'd yeah. been to and then you you pull that and I'm just like fuck this is nuts it's so yeah. cool and well yeah Tiger to Pacifico we're, we're like filming there Radio New Zealand were there for the, the yeah. book launch and stuff so I'm like man if they stick around for the whole thing like they're gonna be in for a surprise <laughs> like what I was thinking but yeah it's, but we were uh, front row they yeah. landed on us yes. wow <laughs> pretty Almost. much the young lions <laughs> saved us yeah but yeah no, it was just one of those things where like I, I just kind of took stock of like what's happened over these last five years and how many opportunities I've never had for this for this uh, championship and I just kind of put a plan in place and the thing is is like people think I screwed over Liam Fury right mm-hmm. I don't screw over Liam Fury no, I screwed over the New Zealand champion who happened to be Liam Fury yep. so regardless yep. of whoever was champion I was going to do the same oh, exact yeah, same totally. thing it wasn't anything personal 
Yeah, I think Liam kind of understands that too because he knows kind of my frustration again for doing this for 12 and a half years. Yeah, I was never a bit being... surprised you hadn't had a title. No. Yeah. I've never had that New Zealand you Heavyweight Championship. Title, but yep. you hadn't had and it's world. added so much drama for next yep. weekend as well. Um, and I, so I, I knew that, again, we're sitting in America um, on holiday, kind of. Um, I knew that I could do a lot more with the belt going into Mangere than I could afterwards. Because yeah. you're coming to the ring with King Capisi playing your yep. music. <laughs> King Capisi, who does my custom uh, entrance music, uh, um, I tapped him on That's the shoulder so and he's going to be doing it live for the crowd. And it's Margaret, it's hometown. I I think I'm in the Monaco career either this week or this coming week. Um, I did the LPL stuff, with Night Squad, so I had the belt. I played I played Fortnite for two hours with the belt over my shoulder. And the mask. I was I was surprised how comfortable I was like because the belt's pretty heavy. But I think I had it in the sweet spot, so I you barely felt it. So I, I yeah. was streaming at the same time, yeah. so I couldn't watch it live, but I went back and watched a bunch yeah. of it. And I was just oh, I, just, I, was like, I was like, I'll put it on my shoulder, see how long I can play for it, but I was like, man, I barely felt it and it was yeah. kinda of hilarious and so I have done that stuff. I'm doing this podcast. I've got Duffy Books and Homes role model assemblies coming up this week, so I'll be visiting schools as the IPW New Zealand heavyweight champion. Hell yeah! Like that's Those like kids will remember that. Shit. Here's, here's the thing: <laughs> in the history of IPW, has any other champion been able to promote the brand as champion like I have? No, well, I, no I can't say because I've only been yeah. watching for two, two, three years. See, but no, and those whenever, years, whenever no. anyone in IPW becomes champion. The belt goes into the suit in the briefcase and just stays there until the next show. Yeah. I've taken this belt on the road. I entered a three versus three uh, video it's game taken, tournament. Yep. Taken tournament. tournament. I came third uh, with my teammates. And I had the belt there. I popped off on, on stream, like with the belt, like talking smack and whatnot. I am trying to get different eyes mm. onto the IPW brand as champion. So that's, that was one of the reasons why I decided to cash in in August because I knew I had all these things lined up that I can promote IPW to people yeah. outside of the wrestling sphere, yeah. sphere. So like streaming and whatnot and doing all these kind of different things yeah. like kind of rather than going, hey, wrestling fans, come watch wrestling. It's like, hey, guys, check out this wrestler. Maybe have a fun night out yeah. at the wrestling. Yeah, that's, know, what so. we're, that's what we're trying to do. Like yeah. our yeah. original goal was like streamers. And I'm like, well, hold on. I know some wrestlers that yeah. stream and do art stuff. Bring them in, introduce the streaming community to them, yep. then introduce like the comic community to them, and vice versa. That way, the comic people yeah. that are tuning in to listen to you, or the wrestling people, will now know about the streaming side of it as well, and be like, oh, maybe I should check. Because yeah, wrestling and streaming up. both face the same uh, struggles in terms of audience viewership in this country, is that they're both Kiwi streamers and Kiwi wrestlers are all top-notch. Yep. We've got the best of the best across the board, yep. and... Um, and it's just getting eyes on us. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, I know uh, we've got a friend coming to the show on next weekend. He's bringing his six-year-old son. He didn't think he'd be able to bring his kid. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, people bring their kids, man. Bring your kid. And it's just like, if we can keep getting, especially the younger people's eyes on things, we'll be, yeah, we'll be golden. Yeah, like because like everything is kind of connected now. No, oh yeah. Mm intersectionality like all over the place like you know streamers or gamers and crafters or gamers and you know cosplayers or gamers yeah, yeah. and stuff like that so like like all of these things like I've as I said I've managed to kind of create a life where comics wrestling and video games uh, and like, dressing up cosplay yeah <laughs> um, you know kind of is my life um, and so I kind of have a foot in all of these kind of yeah and they um, all feed into each other yeah exactly and and, and by them feeding into each other for you, it does around the community as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, for wrestler comes, 
someone comes to see you for wrestling but then they see you doing this art then they might look into that and and the other way around so yeah no it's 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 a beautiful synergy yeah exactly like and then when people come up to my booth at the ipw events they're like oh hey is this your stuff yeah i you know my day job when i'm not dropping people on their heads my day job's drawing wb comics and the kids are like what oh. and then they're like open it up and say like, yeah i drew that and yeah, yeah. Not, drew not and just kids yeah. i've done it <laughs> so, yeah. okay so we, we're at the halftime um it's the intermission at, yeah. at the at the at homecoming and this guy what is like looking around seeing what he's going to spend money on and he goes over to your stuff and you're not there because you're injured. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's like, I can't buy anything now he's not here. I, was like, it feels, I said, it feels weird not having Mikel behind his desk for a change. Yeah. Yep. So, so um, yeah, we're both, we're, I think we're both setting something aside to come grab something next week. Yeah. Uh, no, Mikel knows me by now, but I'm yeah. probably going to buy something every event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, knows yeah. by now as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've updated my FBus gimmick so I take PayWave now. Oh, yeah, 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 so, um, oh, yeah. Dude, mobile FPOS is a lifesaver, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, because Storm and I, we, we go to Armageddon and we sell stuff as well, and it's just like people are blown away that they can pay with FPOS now. It's yeah. like, it's guys, so... it's like 15 bucks a month. As yeah. a person no, sorry, who spends cheap, a right. lot of money at wrestling or Armageddon, yeah. it's such a godsend because we don't yeah. have to go find an ATM yeah. and withdraw yeah. odd numbers of cash out, yeah. and then you give the cash, and it's like, oh, actually, I only have this amount of change. Yeah. It's like, well, shit. So knowing you have to... FPOS, yeah. you just got extra sales out of it. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> well, well, like the, the mobile FPOS that, um, that IPW use. Yeah. I got first, and I said to IPW, "Hey guys, get these." Yep, and they did. Yeah. So like you know, it was, it's, it's um, like um, Rice Spirit Art and yep. uh, Gold Hedgehog. He doesn't really do yeah, art no, as much anymore. Jeremy, Jeremy you know I know Jeremy uh, very well because we used to play Tekken back in the days, Tekken yep. Five. So when uh, when he used to work at Time Zone. They so, um the artists that I always visit at Armageddon, yeah. they have. I'll be catching up with. Now. I'll be catching up with probably them in Sydney. Mm. Uh, next uh, in a couple of weeks time Rye uh, I think will be at Orkin he's usually at yeah, every he's usually Armageddon at Orkin, yeah. so you gotta check them out uh, okay so we got quite a few Kiwis killing it overseas in the wrestling scene like Dakota Kai Travis Banks in the WWE we've got TK and Dahlia in the UK and Niwa uh, we've got Henare Jay White and now the Young Lions that are yeah. over there Fale. And, and Fale um you're close with like Farley and that what, what do you feel about all these Kiwis suddenly finally making a break for it and no longer do we have that stereotype of people in bushwhacking outfits that lick each other's heads do you feel like it's <laughs> yeah well it's, it's about fucking time um, we were always the comedic characters yeah, until now um, you must be the, proud the, the, oh yeah hell yeah like you know I've, I've worked with all of those guys and um, and I'm very proud of what they what they've been able to accomplish. Mm. And the thing is, and I, I say it to aspiring comic artists, and I say it to aspiring wrestlers as well, is if you want to be an international star, get the fuck out of this country, yeah, <laughs> and test yourself. That's how I got my gig. I went to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, it's and, the it's the putting yourself yeah, out of your comfort com- yeah, zone. Is that what? And that's that yeah, my first San Diego Comic Con. I got shortlisted for DC Comics um, portfolio review, so I met one of the editors. Nothing came of that, but that that moment was like affirmation I could do this shit. Mm-hmm. I met Michael Kingston, the writer creator of Gra- uh, Headlocked, at my first Comic Con, and we've been working and that with each other. Since, yeah, and became something because awesome. I went over to his booth and I saw he had wrestling comics. I was like, oh hey dude, I'm a an artist and wrestler from New Zealand. Because uh, do you want to see some of my stuff? He goes, oh yeah, cool, let's take a look. He's looking at it, he's good. fucking hell, dude, these are fucking awesome. we got to do something together. The following year, I went back to um, 
went back to San Diego, but we did a short uh, convention special comic. Um, and I remember I got the script, I drew it up, and he was just like, dude, it's you and I from now on. Like, he had no changes. It was the first, he was like, holy fuck, this is the first time I've worked with someone that you didn't need to ask for changes at all that's, in the story. That's awesome. Like, all, and, and because of my wrestling knowledge, all he had to do was go, here is a suplex, here is a thing. Okay, cool, sweet. Yeah. I didn't, he didn't have to send me reference material or anything like his previous artists. He just knew that I got it. And then now, like, uh, we're good friends. Um, we never had a falling out, which is kind of crazy. Um, but like sometimes he asks me for advice in terms of how to portray wrestle a certain wrestling element in the comic book. Yeah, and so it's kind of crazy. Like, oh, if, the, the if, yeah, comes to yeah. Teacher. So he's like, oh, so if I were to, you know, if you were to teach a body slam, how would you teach it? I'm like, okay, this is what I do with my uh with my rookies and stuff because myself and Alfred Valentine, um, we're the head trainers for new um, for rookies in IPW so like I'm used to dealing with all kinds of uncool motherfuckers um, <laughs> well you were one once right no I wasn't I'm Samoan I'm, I'm Samoan it's a natural sound yeah what are you trying to say I'm Samoan it's like we're naturally gifted like this. you know Tim yeah. could do the uh, full roles perfectly fine with no hiccups you know that um, no. so, yeah. so I've seen I've seen this Tim Provise guy on, on Twitter and stuff so he's Samoan yeah. Oh, that's it's good. Not, no, 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 no. What is he? No, he's married. He's married. Oh, he's proud. Yeah, but, but he, he, no, he's no, he, 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 he grew up in Rango and, and, and he, he, he ah. speaks on and ah. he, he knows everything. Ah. <laughs> oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, I've seen him pop up and I've seen the, the avatar. I'm like, oh, is he brown? Like, oh, okay, cool. He's um, hang out in the stream. He's a lot yeah. of fun. Um, but, um, yeah, so yeah, so, uh, so it's kind of crazy. Like, just those guys wanted more yeah. than what was available here. And you've got to you got to take those chances, take yeah, those yeah. risks, and bet on yourself a bit more because you may surprise yourself with how good you actually are. And what's the worst that can happen? You go over there, you get experience from yeah. these different international yeah. trainers, and then you come back home, hone your craft here, and then go over and try again yeah. at a different dojo yeah, or so something. Even if nothing ever happens from those um, excursions, overseas, yeah, um, you learn something. Yeah, mm-hmm. like even if it's what not to do next time mm. you're learning something so like just the experience of putting yourself out there and trying new things and pushing your limits you've come back home a better more rounded artist or performer like Michael Richards um, actually went to Ring of Honor and was trained there for a bit and they didn't accept him he came back killed it both up north down south now he's going to the New Japan dojo to learn from some of the best in Japan so yeah. I mean just because he failed one hurdle, if you can call it failing, I don't really think that's failing. He still managed to make a... Oh, that's the thing, especially with um, artistic and performance pursuits. Sometimes you might be the best person in the room, but you might not fit with that brand. Yep. Um, so you, it might just be a case of going to another outfit mm. and they and you just click with the people there and, and you learn a lot that way. And you can still learn a lot from rejection and the fact and just going back into something after rejection... Ask any actor in the in the industry, they got turned down hundreds of times before they got picked yeah. up. Yeah. So keep trying. Yep. And yeah. with the big boom in wrestling right now, obviously New Japan's like yeah. catching up to WWE. All in just recently happened, which we talked about. Um, what's your hopes for the future of wrestling, both here and overseas? Man, I just want like IPW is at the forefront of the modern era of New Zealand wrestling. Yeah. Like. 
Alpha Valentine, Kingy, those guys were right there at the Genesis. Yep, Liam was telling yep. us all about that. And we just want IPW to be as big and as successful as it can be, as it deserves to be. Yeah. Because now people, are, like, we, we notice that the crowds are growing, we're retaining crowd numbers. I'm, I'm coming back yeah. the next time. Yeah, <laughs> and so, um, and we want, again, more people from outside of the wrestling fandom to experience pro wrestling live yeah because it's totally unlike any other well that's the other kind of thing there's a, hu- a huge amount of wrestling fandom in this country that have never seen live yeah. wrestling and all they know is wwe yes and it's just converting those people yeah. because you guys are putting on better shows than what we can see on tv yeah and, yeah and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to build that that reputation that mm. we're the mouth and they're from people who's like oh my friend invited me and we just we'll come along for a laugh and then they're like oh my god that was so awesome and yeah. then they tell other That's people what I did. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and and you know and we want that to grow even more mm. you know um we've got some we've got some plans um that we've been talking about for next year um of trying to grow ipw as big as we can and mm create a success a, a very successful platform for people to showcase their talent uh to more people um but that's pretty much what i really want from the local scene is like just better wrestlers better workers better product because um yeah because again like the way ipw presents itself like people come in they're like oh my god this is totally not what we expected yeah yeah i'm not you gonna know. like because i think it was tk that suggested going because when him and dahlia came back yeah I offered them a free pizza because I'm like, this is for yeah. your hard work. I didn't know them before Progress. I just yeah. knew them from Progress. So I was like, and then when I found out that they had been killing it in New Zealand for ages, I'm like, well, might as well go to like one show and see what, because in my mind, my mentality from a 90s kid thing is local shows are like cheap budget, shitty things compared to what you're seeing on TV. And I went there and I was like, I am never ever having that <laughs> mindset about anything local yeah. again yeah yeah and like even even some of the like successful indie promotions in america don't have the production value yeah pw has but they get the better reviews yeah. from well i guess there's like a lot of hate towards the internet yeah. fan base because they can be very picky but also it's the fastest way word of mouth travels these days yeah. is what you read on the internet oh this show was awesome. You should check it out. So someone goes, "Oh, can I borrow your account?" Or, "Okay, I'll sub up for like nine ninety nine to watch this match." And then they get glued. They're like, "Holy shit! Walter versus Travis Banks was insane." I'm gonna go back and watch some more progress. Holy shit! How did I not know about progress? Yeah. It was the same with IPW for me. And one of my first events I went to, I can't remember which one it was. You guys had, you always had the best of. Oh, the DVDs. DVDs yep. So I grabbed a couple. I'm like, "Oh, this DVD looks shit. This is like one of those homemade things. Put it in." holy fuck it's been this good for years like what what how did i not know about this until yeah. now so yeah so like the production values like you know, the last few years we've really upped um the production values to match the in-ring yeah um talent because our wrestlers have been the best for ages but like you know a lot of people just never gave it a shot mm-hmm. and so now that's pretty much what we're trying to do is kind of break that glass ceiling of yeah. wrestling fandom into just so funny because i was i was brought on into last year 
to make some promotional material for uh, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Oh, uh, through Ben? Yeah. Right. And so we deliberately made the lowest quality thing we possibly could <laughs> as, as a counterpoint yeah. to how good the quality was getting. And it was so funny. And it was heaps of fun to work on. Yeah. Um, the man inside me. Yeah, the man inside me. That, so the music that you just heard yeah. um, from Miko, the music track behind that was created for the man inside <laughs> me. Um, Literally, um, we were on our way to Tauranga Geren and probably the week before that, Ben was sent me a friend request, yeah. and I was like, oh, cool. And then I made a post saying that I was going to Tauranga with this guy, and he's like, wait, you guys know each other? Apparently they had been friends for years. Yeah. So it's amazing, like, what? Yeah. Just, you could say that's a bit of wrestling. Like, somehow I made a connection with you two through wrestling, even if it wasn't directly with yeah, you. Yeah. Like, it's like, I knew a friend of yours through my love of wrestling, and you know me through a friend of yours who loves wrestling so it's amazing yeah. how the whole world works mm. yeah not serendipity but um and what yeah. about what about overseas do you have any promotions you like right now or is there anything you so, want to see for the future more kiwi I, talent perhaps yeah i don't have i don't have much time to watch much mm. really um but in terms of uh overseas or international the next I predict the next within the next five years the biggest the next boom in uh independent wrestling the next hotbed mm. territory is australasia oh yeah especially with how mcw's been yeah, doing mcw well. with, with all the kiwis killing it or the aussies killing it currently like the next like next thing that wwe will bust out will probably wwe australasia tournament or something because they got the big super showdown that's happening yeah. in october yeah so. That, yeah so so yeah so i i know for a fact wwe have eyes on new zealand and australia the watching product um yes. so yeah so we are on their radar and so it's only a matter of time before we become the next we're going to focus our attention on these independent promotions so and that, that's why that's why I want IPW to be as successful as possible and doing bigger crowds and being more pop culture than just wrestling a niche market yeah um because then that creates even more eyes on our product and that kind of gets the attention of some of the international promotions and whatnot so yeah and there you have it words from the mouth of babes is that the quote i don't what know. Yeah. well look at him he's a babe <laughs> but, hey baby so we've yeah so, so i'm so i'm a, I'm a baby pig is that what you say big pig in the city is that what you say words fail him yeah big dog in the city <laughs> oh actually quickly uh how did you find evo because a lot of people that play fighting games know of evo yeah how did you find it being there in person? Did you just walk in and go, "Oh, yo, I'm here for Evo," or did you get invited? Or how did no, I just I just entered like everyone else. Uh, like there's a registration. Desk yeah, registration. Oh, like I registered online oh, uh, yeah. ages ago, and they got like a Blaze one, like the personalized um, pass and stuff. But pretty much, I was in America. I was like San Diego Comic Con, and two weeks after that is Evo, the World Championships of Fighting Games. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do both." I'm gonna, um, and so I play Tekken and I'm kind of good at it and I just want to again I wanted to test myself yeah you know push my limits see how good I actually am and it turned out that I'm actually not too bad um, and so I came 193rd out of 1547 players you know top 12% um, Tekken players and I met so many people so like wrestling fans there's so many of them 
Um, and you mean then, a good players like Little Margin, Justin Wong, yeah. Uh, yeah. Xavier Woods. Yeah. So yeah, Xavier Woods, he was keen to play some Tekken, but dude was so busy that we weren't able to make that happen. But he was keen for some games. Um, yeah, like in you know, the Saints and JCDR, uh, JDCR and stuff like John Ding. Met those guys, hung out with them um, a little bit, but... I met so many people who are wrestling fans um, that when they like were like, man, you're really good. It's like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I am from New Zealand. Oh, that's fire. And, get, yeah. and then they see my stick and they're like, oh, that's cool artwork. And oh, yeah, I draw comic books for a day job. And they're like, what? Because, yeah, I draw WWE comic books. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, and I'm also a pro wrestler. And they're like, what? And they're like, most of them were wearing Bullet Club t shirts, right? Because they're yeah. hot topic in America. Yeah. So they're wearing Bullet Club t shirts. I'm talking to them and I'm like, oh, yeah, Bad Like Fully is a good friend of mine. And they're like, what? Like, oh, yeah. So I just pull out the photos. I'm like, oh, yeah. so this is me. And this is me with the New Japan guys. This is, And they're like, what? I'm, like, I'm blowing these people's minds. Not only being a good Tekken player, but also being a pro wrestler. Also being friends with like famous wrestlers. Yeah, and do also they, doing WWE do comics. Do you do that to them before you play against them? Or after? Usually after. Like, they're watching oh, you play. need to do it beforehand. Yeah. Psych them out. Yeah. They get in their heads <laughs> well I did that to Bats the Japanese player yeah, yeah. that I went up to against on the Evo stream and Bats came ninth last year so I knew oh, uh, wow, yeah, so, so I knew so I knew I, I, I had my uh, work cut out for me and we're sitting waiting for our stream to happen and I'm talking to him I got my mask on he's like oh very strong very strong oh thank you thank you I go oh you want to see something because I I showed him I've got a video on YouTube yes, which is I me was hoping we'd go here which is me doing king moves in real life I, yeah, so I showed my opponent Bats before the stream a video of me doing king moves in real life to try and kind of use that psychological warfare. Hopefully, you throw him off, but you should be like, yeah. You, if I lose, yeah, you. <laughs> but, but he was he was too good, but he was he was also a really cool dude, real chill dude. So, um, yeah, and then through that through that stream, um, you know, shirayuken.com and one of the Evo guys hit me up. And I end up getting a two thousand four hundred word uh, interview on oh, shrikeen through the work I did representing New Zealand on at Evo. So that was kind of crazy. And uh, you could say you can now safely say you're the hundred ninety third best Tekken yeah. player in the world. Yeah, top twelve percent. Yeah, you know. So um, and going full circle, if you think about it, because you probably know this, but Minoru Suzuki did the mocap yes. for Tekken back in yeah. Tekken One and Two, and Minoru still no, it was Tekken Three. It was Tekken Three that he first did. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. And you was one of the they didn't first really do mocap back in no. PS One. Was Tekken, yeah, it was Tekken Three that they really kind of started doing yeah. the mocap. And um, so Minoru is still wrestling today, and he's a scary beast. Like yeah. Toa's gone up against him and everything. He's a, he's, he's a sadistic old man he just wants to beat people up yeah. like, that's why I'm like Minoru Suzuki is one of my favourites as it well kind of like, relates to you yeah. cause you've both done technically mocap for King yeah. and now um, you yeah. and he hits people really hard yep. you know, and he kind beats of up the young lions yeah. like if anyone's around the ring that shouldn't be near him he'll smack them he doesn't care if, if they're helpers or not he's got <laughs> one of the best entrance theme songs ever as well if you're out there wondering what the hell a Minoru Suzuki is you just look him up on uh, YouTube, and he's one of the scariest. How do you spell people. that, Ryan? M-I-N-O-R-U-S-U... Oh, And his entrance name is Kazenenare, which is K-A-Z-E-N-I-N-A-R-E. What a weed. He gets this stuff right, but he can't say... English words. Yeah. It's because... He's a weeb. Yeah. Well, I actually don't watch anime as much anymore, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy Japanese wrestling more than any other wrestling because I've, it just feels more like we said. Like every wrestling, there we go. Every there we go. No, no, no. Every wrestling's athletic, but Japanese just take it to another level. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Miko. <laughs>